Hello, everyone. My name is Greg, and welcome back to the podcast, My First Season. In this podcast, I interview travel writers and people who work for resorts, hotels, cruise ships, and airlines, and we'll talk about their experience in travel and tourism. My guest today and I worked together before in Club Med Turks and Caicos in the summer of 94. That's where I met him. His first season, though, was in uh, November 93-94. Playa Blanca, he was a scuba geo. Great guy, originally from Minnesota, now living in Denver. I'm going to ask how that happened. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone, please help me welcome Mr. Johnny Scuba. Woo-hoo. How you hey, doing, up, sir? Greg? All right, all right, doing, all right. Dude? Man, you are one of my favorite characters. <laughs> you know. And I'll tell you why. We're, we're going to talk about your, free, your first season, but then I'm going to get into where we met. And then I'll tell you why, why you're uh, one of my favorite characters of all time. Let's go. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, you're originally from Minnesota. Can you tell us um, maybe what you were doing before? Uh, we'll get to how you got to Club Med, but I remember, I do remember a lot of telling me about your, your, your life. And actually, I retained a lot, no matter how many beers. I drank, I still remembered it. So if you could tell everyone what you did actually before before Club Ed. Well, it all started, uh, basically joined the military after high school, came back after that, back to Minnesota, went to school, and then ended up out in New York, uh, Long Island, working on a uh, groundwater remediation project for an environmental firm. And uh, that's where I got into my scuba diving. So uh, yeah, out on Long Island, the diving mecca of the world. All right, I'm going to back you up just a tick here. Uh, can you talk about your uh, military career? You were in the Navy, correct? I was in the Navy. I was on board the USS New Jersey uh, as a battleship. I was a battleship gunner, worked on the big guns on turret three in the back, went from uh, boot camp to combat, and uh, lived to tell about it. Okay, can you tell me what the job entails uh, your job uh, as the gunner. What what did you have to do exactly? Well, kill as many people as possible. First <laughs> okay. of all, all right. But, uh, but did you, you? So you loaded the basically the shells. I guess is that what you call. What them? I did was I worked in the powder magazines down in the bottom. So I worked with the gunpowder. Uh, so basically, now each turret, these are the big guns, right? So uh, they, they take shells that weigh about 1,900 pounds a piece. Uh, each shell takes about uh, six bags of gunpowder, each bag weighing 110 pounds. So each shell takes 660 pounds of gunpowder just to blow out. We shoot about three rounds a minute. So I was just down there humping heavy, uh, you know, heavy uh, gunpowder bags all all day long, as long as it took. And uh, that was basically my job uh, when we were in combat, just uh, humping gunpowder all day long. Man, you must have been jacked. I was I was a machine, dude. <laughs> a powder moving machine. And how long did you serve in the Navy? Uh, one enlistment, man. I saw enough. So three years, one enlistment, got it honorably. And I said, all right, that was fun. Let's move on. So all right. So at what point did you become a scuba instructor? That was living in New York. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. You don't, you don't, you yeah. don't equate New York with, hey, I'm going to learn to be a scuba instructor, right? I mean, or am I crazy? Well, the thing was, the thing was, man, is that uh, my boss got into it and I said, oh, that sounds really cool. I want to check this out. So I signed up for the next class, got into it, and he and I would go spend summers down in Florida doing treasure diving. And uh, it was a lot of fun, man. And then I said, man, I, I'm just so into the scuba thing. I, I'm going to just have to become an instructor or some point in time and just make a living out of this because i'm totally in love with this okay wait a minute That's so what happened so wait a minute when you were when you were doing your your course so you did your course in new york were you doing open water dives in the east river where, where how where, where exactly did you <laughs> where, where exactly did you uh, learn like the okay i guess the classroom was a classroom but where did you do your open water dives when you were uh... so so uh no obviously i had no interest in doing it in new york and everybody okay. i know that <laughs> lived in new york they went down to florida to do it yes well, 
I yes. want it to be I want it to be out of the norm, as you well know. So I flew to Arizona to do it because there's a dude down there that I read about named Commander Jim Williams. This is a retired Navy dude, and he was a hardcore, hardcore trainer, right? So I said, man, I want to get trained by this guy. So I went down there, got trained by him, did our open, did our course in uh, Mesa, Arizona. Then we went to Catalina Island to do our open water training. And I did my actual course at Patty headquarters in Santa Ana, California. Okay. So wait a minute. You did the, uh, you said the Catalina, right? That's right. Is, isn't there a lot of seals around there? Like the actual animal seals? Is that what I'm... Uh... Can you can you dive with seals there? Um, we didn't particularly see a lot of seals because we weren't really at that part of the island because we were there for training, not really enjoying ourselves. Okay. But uh, I didn't actually see any seals there. Now, if you want to talk about Sonoran seal, I don't know. That's a whole nother yeah. ballpark right there. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's reel it in a little bit. But on Catalina <laughs> Island, it was just a bunch of kelp, a bunch of fish, and it was beautiful diving. Don't get me wrong. But we were there for training. We weren't really there for sightseeing or anything like that. So where? Okay, so you're you think, become an instructor. At what point do you uh, do you hear about Club Med? After after I. Uh, so basically, I did all my training, left New York, figured, hey, man, I'm going to fly through Minnesota, drop off my stuff and head to paradise, right? Well, after all these resumes I put out, nobody was nobody was calling me. I'm like, OK, this is really starting to suck. So I called up Commander Jim, said, yo, Jim, I, I got nothing, man. What's going on here? He's like, what? What do you mean you got nothing? How do you, how do that be? So I says, well, dude, I mean, you you mentioned this place called Club Med. I mean, you I mean, you said it's a sure thing if I want it. I'm kind of at a place now. I'll take just about anything. He's like, you want to go to Club Med? I'll get you to Club Med. I'll call Steve-O right now. Steve-O called me back a little bit later on that day. He says, hey, man, you want to come down to Chicago? We got an interview next month. I said, yeah, sure, man. Why not? So uh, he hooked me up with the interview down in Chicago, and that's where we started. Wait, this name is ringing a bell. Who is Steve-O again? So Steve-O, God, man, you, you, I totally forget his last name. No, no, but I he's... Think- he was in charge of the scuba he dives? Was, he was in charge of scuba diving at the time. Yeah, okay. he was in charge of all the scuba diving in the American zone. Okay, yeah, no, that name's definitely ringing a bell. Okay, all right. So you went to Chicago for your interview. Now, do you remember what you what you talked about at all during your interview? Or did they ask you to produce proof that you were an instructor or anything? Well, I think I sent the proof in advance, if I remember correctly, or, or I probably brought it with, I don't remember. The thing that I found very unusual about it was that I'm thinking I'm in a scuba interview, right? So he asked me the only the only thing he asked me about scuba diving is are you a certified instructor? And I think I showed my credential. Yeah, totally. He's like, okay, can you dance? <laughs> and, and I'm like, what, what, what? And yeah, then he started talking about singing and dancing and doing shows. And I'm like, what does this have right. to do with scuba diving? All right, so I'm taking it you you had never been to a club med before in your life, correct? Never been, never heard of it. Had you ever have you had you ever been to a resort before? Like no. any resort? Okay. All right. So no, first, first, no never, man. So I did, went around in the military. That was about it. Okay. So did you want to bolt when uh, when you know when the interview started talking about singing and joke telling and <laughs> dancing? Did I'm, you... I'm like I'm like, I have no idea where this dude's going, man. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> I, I took a theater class as a senior in high school. Does that mean anything to you? He's like, oh, now we're talking. I'm like, all right, cool. You, so wait a minute. Okay, you're spinning gold here. Wait a minute. You you took John, Johnny Johnny Scuba took a theater class in high school. Ah, uh, dude, yeah, man. Did you have to do a play or something? Two of them. Do you remember what character you played? What the play yeah, was? Yeah, I was I was the main villain in every play. <laughs> 
I was the bad but, man because I had the part, man. I was the guy, yeah. the man in black being bad and horrible to everybody. It was awesome. Were these well-known plays or plays that you, you made at school? These were unknown plays for children. We would basically practice it in school. Then we would have like, uh, you know, grade school kids come in and we would play it, you know, to do okay. plays for them then. Yeah. All right. So getting back to the interview. So at the end of this interview, did you know you had the job? No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh. Okay. I, I'm like, I'm thinking that they want a, a scuba instructor. They want a Frank, you know, a guy out there singing Frank Sinatra and dancing like Fred Astaire. Cause I, I'm like, I don't know what the hell they want. So <laughs> I wasn't sure if I had it or not. So I went and I waited a couple of months and I finally gave him a call. Like dudes, you going to hire me or what? I've been here waiting. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you've already got, you slotted in for Playa Blanca. I'm like, Oh, well, what's that? <laughs> and then they explain it to me. I'm like, all right, when do I go? And said, ah, you got another month to wait, man. We don't open till November. I'm like, all right. So hung out till November. All right. So, and you had no idea it was a big, um, big singles village. I'm guessing you didn't know that, right? I didn't know any. I knew it was in Mexico. I knew it was somewhere in Mexico. That's about it. Okay. All right. So, all right. So you get there, uh, you arrive, uh, you know, village is not open yet. Uh, you get set up and, you know, are you able to, for people who've never been there, are, are you able to, because I've, I've been to Playa too, are, are you able to describe Playa, like where it's situated? And right. Yeah, okay, 100%, let's, man. Let's, let's hear it. So it's basically an hour and a half north of Manzanillo. It's three hours south of Puerto Villarta. It's on the uh, coast, the Costa de Carreas, and uh, the nearest little town is uh, Barrio de Navidad in Jalisco, Mexico. Good Lord, listen to you, man. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Wow. Thank Good. you, everybody. Good job, Meg. Meg, listen. Um, <laughs> so, and the uh, the resort itself, it seems to be like kind of embedded in the side of a mountain, right? Am I right? Or totally, yeah. Built? It's basically in a bay on the side of a mountain. Absolutely gorgeous. One of the most beautiful places I've ever been, man. I totally love it. Uh, my room was 100 steps up, and I know it was 100 because I counted. It was exactly 100, and there's nothing more frustrating than going down, getting to, going to work, and forgetting something like, oh, man, I had to go 100 <laughs> steps and get that. Probably felt like 200 when you were drunk, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, dude. Crawled up the last 50, I think. Yeah, okay, yeah. Remind me to tell you a story about when we get to playa uh i mean well yeah well actually i, I do recall a uh when my season where somebody fell from those hundred steps all the way down and he was drunk the they brought him to the nurse and all they had were flintstone band-aids so they're putting <laughs> they're putting flintstone band-aids on all his cuts and he's looking at his face in the mirror and his body's going oh man okay <laughs> anyway all right so uh you get uh so who's your chief of scuba did you meet him right away yeah yeah uh we met at the village right away uh his name was uh, uh roy i believe his name was last name was kawam canadian dude super nice guy i don't have any idea what happened to me fell off the face of the earth as far as i know after club after my first season at club med but a super nice guy canadian dude and uh, yeah he was there and it was uh just three of us me him and dan beam and my roommate and slash mentor and uh, taught me the ways of the club med geo so all right so you okay i mean other than new york you dove in some pretty uh blue water so what'd you think of the soup when you got to uh, playa blanca <laughs> like the visibility and all that oh no you got it all wrong great really? beautiful diving over there my friend oh yeah what? yeah we're so not, listen, listen. Wait, we're not talking hundred foot viz though, right? I mean, uh, no, no. Okay, 50, okay. 60 feet to one a good day. Okay. All right. But, all uh, right. So the thing was, the thing was, man, is that we were only supposed to do lessons, right? 
Yes. But we're like, yo, man, all these dudes are coming out here. They want to go diving. And we're like, well, we only got lessons. And we're like, no, we can't do this, man. This is making us look bad. So what we did was like, we're going to go out and we're going to find some dive sites. We're going to get the fishing boat and we're going to bring people out every Friday and we're going to do an excursion, right? So there were days when we went out and first of all, we didn't have any dive sites. So we had to go find them ourselves. Now, that was fun because you just basically put on a mask and a snorkel, jump behind the fish boat, grab a line, and they just pull you along the ocean. And you just go look at the bottom, looking for a place you want to check out, find a place, let go, go snorkel on down there, check it out, come back up. If it's worth going down, grab your dive gear, go down again. And we were just going around marking dive sites like that that we could go visit on Friday when the tourists come over. So it's a lot of fun. Okay, wait a minute now. So are you saying before, so prior to your season, this was never done before? Like the previous scuba team didn't have all this mapped out already? Were you guys the first? Um, As far as I know. Okay. All right. That, that makes sense. Uh, did you like the uh, area where the scuba was? So, yeah, man, I wanna, we went on some just amazing, amazing dives. Now, when you get there in November, December, when we were kind of scoping it all out, the water's pretty clear. But once January, February comes, that's when it all goes to soup. And that's when we had to just cancel the whole excursion. Okay. Yeah. All right. Got but it. until then, we got some pretty spectacular dives in. Now, did uh, when you were in your interview, did Steve-O mention the, uh, the hours you had to work and that you weren't getting any days off? Did that come up? Yeah, it did. And that bothered me a lot. But I'm like, <laughs> well, I don't know, man. I, I guess I'll give it a try and see what happens. But no, that did not sound cool at all. <laughs> all right. And uh, what did you think about when you saw your first crazy signs being done and you're like, I got to do that? Okay. Well, so basically, because I'm setting up the village, right? So we're yep. setting everything up and uh, the geo team just trickling in and we're meeting everybody having a great time you know just amongst ourselves and uh, the, the schedule comes out for the first week and I'm reading it and I don't I don't know what what any of this means I'm like what is a crazy sign <laughs> and everyone just busts out laughing ah, you'll know you'll know you know I'm like, oh, <laughs> no so of course the thing was man nobody told me anything everybody thought it was a big joke making Johnny Scuba go out there and learn on trial by fire so I was out there making a fool out of myself day after day and everyone just loved it because I didn't know what the heck was going on. <laughs> so I went out there for the, the crazy signs and I'm just looking like a big dummy out there like what what are these people doing? What's what's they, they have like twitches in their hands or something? What's going on here? Uh, well, you mentioned Johnny Scuba. So <clears throat> did you come to Playa with that nickname or did someone give it to you there? Oh, no, no. That was that was decided amongst the elders. The elders? They, uh, Yes, yes. All the elders on the geo team that were there before me, they had to sit me down and says, well, we already got a scuba John. We have a John scuba. What are we going to call you? I'm like, well, hey, everybody in New York calls me Johnny. So how about Johnny scuba? They're like, bingo, Johnny scuba it is. And <laughs> I was ordained there with the sword. <laughs> all right. Great, great. Okay. When the resort opened, did you, because, you know, it's kind of quiet when it's closed. Did you have any kind of culture shock with the guests at all but they were were they just mainly north american or did you get a lot of europeans that uh, that season that season we got mostly north americans there was the occasional uh, south american occasional european but the vast majority were americans and canadians all right so no no culture shock for you on that that note right uh the the, the geo team was more international than the tourists by far and that kind of was a little bit of culture shock uh, i loved it honestly because uh you know just 
people from all over the world, you're having a great time, all these languages flying around you, because it was all new and exciting to me, right? Mm -hmm. Going down and, uh, you know, of course, doing the shows and everything, which I'm sure we're going to get to in a minute, and you <laughs> yes. know, changing with all the girls on the stage and all the things. Like, oh, man, I've never worked at a place where I've seen every girl I worked with topless before. This is kind of yeah. cool. So. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a that's a big part of everyone's culture shock when they ah, for a guy. That anyway, was. You get to be like, what the, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was kind of new. Yeah, so you, okay, you brought up shows. So did you pretend to not know how to dance in front of the choreographer, or you, <laughs> or or you really did not know how to like you didn't know what an eight count was to save your life? I still don't know what an eight count is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So did you manage to wiggle out of a few of those? Or so here, so here's the, here, here's here's my history on my club med dancing. They put me in, they put me in the show Tommy, which I think is a great musical, honestly, and I love the show. But uh, I wanted to be one of the main people, right? But unlike my theater teacher, they did not put me in a starring role. They put me as a backup bench, which I was very disappointed in. Anyway. I had to learn these dance steps and I don't know how to dance, man. I'm like, well, right foot. I can march, but I can't <laughs> dance. And, and I'm just looking, you know, I'm, I'm two steps behind everybody. Not one, two steps behind everybody. Right. So they finally pulled me out of there and like, well, we want to do something with you in the show. So I'm like, well, uh, my, my buddy, Barry, Barry Greenberg was another, another uh, good buddy of mine out there. One of my mentors, he couldn't dance either. So they they had a part where we push a ramp onto the stage. A few people jump on. They run on the ramp and they jump off. And then Barry and I, we run and we pull the ramp off the stage. That was our entire part. So we're like, hey, man, let's really make this count. So we'd go up, pull the ramp out there, jump up and do it like, ta-da. <laughs> and then when they have to pull the ramp out, we'd pull the ramp back out, go back on stage, do another ta-da. And then run off. And that was pretty much the whole show right there for us, as far as we were concerned. So, okay, hold up one moment. So, this <laughs> you brought, um, okay, I'm trying to, I'm just thinking of the uh, the injuries. So, you brought a ramp on stage during the Tommy show, correct? Correct. Why were, what part of the show did people run up a ramp and jump off it? I think this was the part when they were showing the the military portion of it when they were supposedly jumping out of an airplane. Oh, did and did anyone get hurt that season from doing that? Nah, not that I can remember. Wow. Okay, I'm impressed. Not that because, I can remember. Uh... Well, it's, it's because you had two proper ramp people doing it. That's why. Come on, you know. <laughs> yeah, certified uh, ramp pushers. Okay. Yeah, totally. Totally licensed. <laughs> Union uh, local seven nine zero. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right. So you, so you said you got there in November. So Christmas and New Year's is coming up. So was it hard? You know, I don't know if you like Christmas, but was it like any other day for you working Christmas? Cause you know, Christmas and New Year's are the two busiest days in Calabed, the two hardest working days. So were you uh, like, Hey, I'm normally at home with my family now, or you're like, well, let's just have fun. Well, I mean, you know, I've been in the military for a while before that. So being away for Christmas was no big deal for me, obviously. But uh, the thing that I remember about Christmas is, again, trial by fire is because uh, we had, uh, you know, the, the grand opening, man, the passage, the grand opening, right? We had the grand entrance of Santa Claus coming. So the deal was, was that we were a whole bunch of us dressed us up like reindeer, put us on kayaks, told us to go out there and then come in, do the grand, uh, the grand entrance with Santa Claus. When we hear the signal, I'm like, all right, what's the signal? They're like, uh, it'll be a bottle rocket or, or a Roman candle or some kind of explosion. And we're like, okay, okay. So we all go out there and we're all sitting on our kayaks and all of a sudden a bottle rocket goes like, let's go, let's go. And we're all there and we all come on. And there's the guy, no, no, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. 
So we all start going back. So there's so many of us, though, half start going back. The other half didn't didn't hear anything. So they're just coming up. Mass confusion, uh, you know, basically follows. And I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. So I just look and I see my mentor, Dan Beeman, <laughs> parking his little kayak right on the beach there, getting up and galloping like a reindeer right through everything with a focus on something that I have no idea what was on. But I'm like, I'm following him. So I'm galloping like a reindeer right behind Dan, and we gallop right to the bar and have a beer and said, all right, we did our part. (laughs) (laughs) Showmanship. That's, you know, I don't even know if Santa Claus made it that day, to be honest with you. Kids, if you're listening, that's showmanship (laughs) (laughs) of the highest order. All right. Did you, uh, so looking around, you know, it's a small village, Playa, but it contains a lot. So did you have uh, time to learn any new skills, any sports? Did you try rock climbing or are you just stuck with scuba? No, I did. I did a lot of the other things. I did some rock climbing, a little sailing. Didn't really, uh, didn't really stick with it a whole lot. You know, there was drinking to be done and scuba diving <laughs> to be done. And, you know, yeah, so, yeah. but no, I, I gave it all a spin, but uh, I can't say that I was like into it or anything like that. Yeah. When I, when I was in Playa 97, I recall, maybe tell me if it was the same year season that I've never been in any resort where happy hour was the biggest event of the day. Like, uh, I mean, there were people clanging bells at five o'clock every day. That was happy hour, a big thing uh, in your season, dude. No, man. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, ask. look, be, look, man, be, being a scuba instructor, dude, when, when the diving's over and the gear's been rinsed and put away, it's time to go out and have a good time. And uh, yeah, we some of the best times I had, honestly, were when I was uh, when I was doing patty courses, certifying people, and I'll get some really cool students, and we would party like rock stars when we were all done. I mean, we had great times, and uh, they were buying. And I was drinking and man, we had a ball. So, so were you, so was your body used to, cause I know, you know, when you start scuba diving, you know, I don't, people have never done it. You're exhausted, a two tank dive. So did you get slowly get used to that? Or did the, uh, the, the fact that you had to work roughly, I don't know, uh, 15 hours a day, seven days a week. Did it really, did you really feel it uh, when, after you were diving? Like, Oh my God, I need a nap. Did, or, or were you already accustomed to, you know, I I don't know how many dives you had at that point, but uh, well, Playa's different because Playa is shallow diving. You don't really do a lot of deep diving out there. We would okay. do like a one deep dive once per week on that excursion that we would do on those Fridays, and that only lasted a few months. Other than that, it was you know you're only down 15, 20 feet at most. So okay, not not uh, you know it's not, you like, it's uh, not really a deal. Not like other resorts like uh, where I met you in at ninety six in Columbus, where you you know no man like. Yeah. Uh, where you got your well, you well, can in do Columbus, a, turquoise, totally different story. Because yeah, because you've you've done your two tanks in the morning, one in the afternoon, right? I mean, I know you were doing yeah. that in, in Turks. All right, uh, well, I got, yeah, I got bent doing that in uh, Columbus. Actually, yeah. that was and my deepest one was fifty feet. So yeah, yeah, I remember. But you had a you kind of had a class from hell that day. Then they made you lug tanks, and it uh, was a day from hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> So getting back to crazy signs, because I know you like them. So when you finally saw them, did you go, what, what, what? <laughs> you want me to do well, that? I mean, they would, you remember they would do, you know, some of the chef of villages would do like, uh, like the demonstration of that. Where they're like, okay, this is a, you come to Club Med, you drink the coffee, you grind the coffee, you, I, dude, I don't really, I never really. No, that's heard, pretty I good. I never had an intro. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, they would, they would describe it and I'd say, okay, I think I got this. But then I just didn't care so much. I didn't get it. So 
I never really got it, honestly. I, my, my main goal in Club Med was to get out of as many crazy signs as humanly possible. And I was pretty <laughs> good at it, I'll admit. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, you brought up the uh, the chief, the manager. So who was your chief of village, do you recall? Yeah, Danny Stabile. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I've heard that name before. All yeah, right. he was, uh, he, you know, look, a lot of people uh, have dif- differing opinions on him. Uh, we were cool. He never okay. gave me a hard time. I never gave him a hard time. Uh, we were cool. I'll just say that. Leave it that. So were you kind of, uh, when you found out you had to eat meals with the guests like three times a day, so were you uh, an extrovert, an introvert? Were you outgoing? Did it not bother you? Were you shy at all when when you first started eating with guests? Well, I mean, look, man, uh, in the military, you're you're, you're going to the bathroom right next to people without any walls. I mean, (laughs) after you've done that. And and dude, I was 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 in a heavy metal band when I was in high school. I'd bite the heads off of rubber snakes and spit. What? Oh, wait, a minute. All right, wait a minute. Give me, <laughs> I need, I gotta ask. Give me the name of the band. Give me the name of the band. Give it to me. Alien Force. Oh, so 80s. Yes. Okay. Dude, 100% oh, 80s. Man, yeah. I, gotta, I gotta get a t shirt with that, man. Okay. So do I, actually. So do I. <laughs> Alien Force. Yes. <laughs> All right. Devil horns. I have the devil horns right now, as you can imagine. So. <laughs> So you would have left then uh, November village closed around April, May, didn't it? Uh, yeah, I believe it was May actually. Okay. I'm going to take it just a little step out. Uh, no, wait, no. So were there any employees or managers who stood out for you that made a good impression on you that season? It doesn't have to be a, like a uh, chief of service. Employees or managers. Oh, well, uh, I mean, look, either uh, the one. scuba team, I've always been close to the scuba team every time. Dan was a good buddy of mine. Uh, Roy was a good dude. Uh, my buddy Barry was a good dude. I mean, there, there was a lot of good people there. Um, but as far as standout goes, I have to say uh, just uh, really Dan and Barry were the two just craziest people. I mean, I've got just a hundred stories about those two guys I could get into. So uh, that'd probably be the most standout. Okay. And so other than your, uh, your reindeer story, <clears throat> do you have another <clears throat> funny share, uh, funny story from Playa you, you would like to share? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, appropriate one, of course. Yes. Oh uh, no, none of those. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, so, All right. So Next question. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so man, so check it out. So obviously I can't dance. Right. So, so, so that's what they did is they put me in all these other things. They put me in the, uh, the lip sync competition, uh, palace night, just for fun. Ladies night you know oh, fun really? things like that oh okay. yeah i guess i guess we're not allowed to talk about the hat dance are we <laughs> no 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 uh-huh. not but everyone knows what that is yeah <laughs> okay 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 if you need an explanation uh, right, i'm gonna go there did you go guys there. did you guys pretend to drop your hats okay oh uh, well oops <laughs> there's always there's, there's always one right <laughs> my bad there's always that one that didn't go to rehearsal and it's like oh left left no right okay <laughs> uh, uh, yeah 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 funny how that happens <laughs> yeah every yeah every season <laughs> but, but so there's a lot of fun shows we did the uh for example the lip sync competition uh we would always open it doing the red hot chili peppers give it away oh, and yeah. the american and canadians loved it so it really got people kind of their juices flowing getting them into it and stuff like that that was a lot of fun uh me and my chief of uh uh chief of sports back then chris something i forget his last name but uh we would do this other thing like just for fun uh what you probably know that dwarf have you done that one 
Well, describe it to me. I, I might not know the name, but it's big. okay. So what it is was uh, Chief of Sports, Chris. He was basically in a little tiny stage. Uh, it's his head and his hands oh, are in little yeah. socks. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I was his arms. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm to... smacking him around, poking him in the eye, <laughs> twisting his nose, pulling his tongue out of his mouth. I mean, it was great. <laughs> Anytime he gave me a hard time, hey man, dwarf's coming up, and like, oh man, no. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, Matt. I got to go back to Alien Force. What, 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 what did you? What did you? What, what were you in? Were you? You're a musician. Did you sing? What were you? Uh... I'm a lead singer. Yeah, I play. I'm... You're a lead singer. Okay. Yeah, I play like eight eight chords on a guitar. Was about the most I've ever done. So no, I would sing totally. Uh, okay. Yeah, we got to get t-shirts made of that. Okay. Um, I agree. For, for, for our next reunion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> totally onto that. So your season. Okay. There's. I always said there's something special. You can you can probably answer this now. To me, there was always something special about opening and closing a resort. Would you say, like, if all the nah, ones totally. you've done, there's something intimate, and it's like, especially at the end, like you're you're there before anyone gets there, and you're the last ones there. You know, the guests of the guests have gone. It's a big party, so you, it, it's kind of cool, right, Playa? That 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 it opens and closes, right? No, you're totally right on that, 100, man. It's uh, you kind of build the bond, uh, and then you just kind of uh, you know secure the bond at the very end and it's it's fantastic it's just a great way to a great send-off kind of like uh kind of like a friends reunion you know yeah yeah coming to hbo max soon um <laughs> so uh so did you ever have to go to the airport did you have to do that three hours well i guess six hours three hours to port of Arda to pick up guests and then back or maybe once or twice i'm scuba dude we didn't have to deal with that too much oh lucky 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 okay yeah man we were the prima donnas of the team you know that all right, so your season's winding down. Did they give you, uh, I guess, what was called the dream sheet back then? Like uh, they asked you to name yeah. three resorts you'd like to go to, and do you remember what you asked for? Um, it didn't quite work like that. Well, maybe oh. it did, and I don't remember. But okay. <laughs> what happened was, <laughs> what, what happened, look, this is how it went down. Danny comes up to me and goes, hey, Johnny, uh, you were going to Martinique. I'm like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. Uh, why, why, is there no room in turquoise? You want to go to Turquoise? I'm like, I prefer to go to Turquoise, dude. Then I will send you to Turquoise. And I went to Turquoise. It was very cool, man. Yeah, Danny was cool with me, so. Yeah, and this is where I come in. So uh -huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing you so, now. Yeah, so I'm in Montreal, and I just finished up about, I don't know, four and a half years as an investment banker. I'm, I'm Open Water 1 certified, and I applied, applied, you know. And they go, okay, we're sending you to Turks for your first season as scuba gestion. I'm like, what the heck is scuba gestion? Well, I was soon to find out the way you guys <coughs> teased me when I got there and <laughs> called me different names, starting with a B. But it was, it was all it was all teasing. But yeah, so unbeknownst to me, prior to 1994, scuba diving in Club Med was free, I'm told, from like 1950, you know, to about 1994. Scuba diving was free, you know, one of the most expensive sports there is once you get going and buying your own equipment. And so they needed someone to uh, handle the payments. So, <laughs> so I was like one of the first people. But before me, there was a... Uh, it's usually women were doing this position. I'm, I'm, I'm told I was told. <laughs> and I, I the one, the person I replaced, yes, gave a, filled me in, filled me in on it. And then I get there and it's, uh, <laughs> you guys just, uh, I guess, initiated me, teased me. And, uh, <laughs> Well, a lot of us have never had a male secretary before. Yeah. I guess that's <laughs> yeah. my Greg. Yeah, there we go. I'll take secretary. It's nicer, <laughs> nice, nicer than the other word you guys used to call me. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, and you were one of the, the first guys I met. It was a great team, you know. And um, I remember, you, you you probably won't remember this. It was my first week. You had, um, we just come out of the restaurant eating lunch. And I, was, I wanted to hang with you. I go, well, what do you do now, Johnny? You go, oh, I'm going to take an 11 minute nap now. And I start laughing. <laughs> 
because I just got there and I didn't know you could <laughs> nap for 11 minutes and no, you were dead serious. And, uh, mm. and then you find out very fast that, yeah, in Turks, uh, the, the pace, uh, you, you had to take uh, naps or, or else, you know, you, you, <laughs> you'd never catch up and uh, <laughs> you'd collapse, right? Naps were 100% essential. If you didn't take your, if yeah. you literally had 10 minutes, you set your alarm for 10 minutes, you lay down in bed uh, on a coral, any place you can basically find to lay down and you just crash. Well, well, because of you, I took your advice, but, and I would try and do it during the show if I wasn't in it, but were you fine when you woke up from that, that short oh, sleep? Oh, dude, I, I, like I was a million bucks after really, that. Hell oh, yeah, no, it was a face today then, man. It was, I, I still remember it was the worst thing I could have done to my body, even though I, my body no problem. the worst, like I felt like a zombie. I had to chug a, hello <laughs> I, I i used to put uh, two packs of sugar in my mouth and with a can of coke just to wake up to do crazy signs like that's how bad it was but um <laughs> but okay so you okay man that's not fair okay <laughs> all right so so now you're um so now this is your first summer in club med right because we were there summer 94 so i don't know about you i i was totally lost on july 14th there's something called bastille day i didn't know what was going on in in canada we only learn about Canadian history. You guys are making flower bombs. Somebody's giving me a, a, a tank with a cannon attached. I didn't know what was going on. Did you know what Bastille Day was? Like, Dude, your, your first Bastille Day was my first Bastille oh, Day. The, okay, the, okay. Yeah. Did you, did, did you know what you were doing or were you just blind? No. Following? Okay. The only thing I knew about Bast, Bastille Day was that it was a Rush song that I really liked. That was pretty much it. Ah, Canada. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, man. Love Rush. Yeah. And they, they go, what are we doing? Go, well, we're going to attack the, the structure on the beach so someone made a prison or a castle whatever we're and we're gonna attack the gms with flower bombs and they're why what is it? you know I, okay so you were lost as much as i was okay i, I love the concept don't get me wrong okay. but yeah i was like baffled by i don't know what we're doing but i kind of think it's gonna be fun so let's do this yeah and uh and wasn't that night dive with the barbecue after awesome that that, that we used to do dude so that no it wasn't because it was i used to no, because I got put in charge of that. Oh, you I used to go oh. night diving all the time. And then once they found out that I Johnny Scuba can cook, I became Johnny oh, Chef. Yeah, and then yeah. I was cooking every <laughs> single right. night dive. And I could yes. never get away because I that's was the only right. guy that could throw this stuff yes. together. So, that's, no, I hated oh my it. God, yeah, that was just me and you while the boat went out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, no, it started off great. But then after the like, oh, you know how to cook? Get your butt over here and get on that grill, son. Well, you did make a bean chicken. I'll, I'll tell you that. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. I <laughs> well, can do it. So here, do it. Well, here's something that you didn't have in Playa. So I know one, one task you guys really hated was... Um, the uh, morning, uh, the boats, the two tank dive had food. You guys had to go to the kitchen to pick up those big, heavy brown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those big brown containers. But yeah, but it was cool because you know what? We lived off of those sandwiches, man. We never had time to go eat lunch usually because by the time you get everything done from the first, from the first two dives, second dives right or the, the afternoon dives right around the corner. So you're like, man. I ain't going to get nothing to eat. So I got a wolf on that sandwich because that's all there is. So you just go from one rat to the next and very seldom would you ever get lunch. So it was worth a pain. Yeah. And I remember uh, going back to the, the night dive barbecue. I think Lisa, the scuba, uh, scuba chief would, uh, she got us the night off after that. We didn't have to go to the, uh, you know, to the main part of the village, right? We could just do whatever we wanted, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. <laughs> It was extremely cool. And then that came to be the norm after a while, after many years of fighting for such good things. And yep. uh, it it, uh, it was fantastic. It made a difference, I think. I think everybody's a lot happier after that come in. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, so did you did you like your time at Turks? Loved it, man. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved every single season I've ever done. Every season well, was uniquely different in every way. And Turks was the bomb, dude. Totally. Well, remember, we had the whole Rhino. And to me, I thought this was normal. That whole Rhino record celebration where we had, you know, Ron Palillo, who played Horseshack. We had Greg <laughs> Brady. We had the actual village people there. I mean, I, I thought this was normal. Like when I, when I was sitting at a table and the guests asked the geos, what's your favorite resort? They all said Turks, you know. And I thought, oh, okay, that's smart. They have to say the one they're in or else they'll get in trouble. But then <laughs> it's only when you leave, you go, wow, that was, that season was incredible. You know, I mean. <laughs> yeah. That whole seventies uh, theme that they had yeah. going when we were there was, I, I took Greg Brady on his, uh, on his dive. Uh, he's a good dude. Uh, we talked, we, you know, we talked quite a bit, uh, took the village people diving. Oh yeah. Lyle Wagner was there too. Uh, Lyle Wagner. Yeah, that's he was right. A nice guy. That's right. Actually, that was my, uh, my birthday happened during that time as well. And I was sitting with, uh, well, I was sitting with these, uh, these so-called 70s celebrities, right? Yes. And it was my birthday. So the geo girls came and, you know, take off your clothes, take off your clothes. Why don't you <laughs> shut up till you take off your clothes? So they stripped me down to my underwear, oh, skipped yeah. me all around the, all <laughs> around the dining room, went back and, uh, Put on my clothes and the dudes that sing uh disco inferno burn baby burn yeah, yeah, yeah. i was sitting with them dudes right and they just sat there and gave me the most stone cold look i think i've, <laughs> yeah. I've ever had i'm like smiling putting my clothes on and they're just staring at me and like what i'm like hey guys that was kind of fun wasn't it and they all just turned away <laughs> I remember, you know, this this is all coming back now. I remember another another time where you got, man, you got so mad. Remember when uh when it was the seas were too rough for you to scuba dive and they would make you guys play water polo and train to pull. Oh, oh god. I hated from that moment on I hated water polo because of how vicious everyone got. I, I remember you were guests were just going for it. Like elbows were thrown, uh, people wouldn't tr trim their nails, people were getting cut. I mean, that that cemented my hate for the game water polo and club med because something always got out of out of hand right do you remember that yeah yeah water polo was always out of yeah. hand i actually i got into it with uh, uh chief of sports during a water polo game and got fired the next day but that's another story <laughs> for a different time oh yeah yeah we don't talk about that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's what i'm saying about water polo it's evil <laughs> it is it's pure evil pure evil it's mean it's disgusting it's awful it's worse it's worse than my most horrible mosh pit i can think of <laughs> alien force ah. all right <laughs> now we're gonna fast forward you know to 96 where uh, here i here i am i had left club med for a bit i came back some january 96 i go into the dock in columbus and who do i see but johnny scuba uh, yeah, right in the dock so you're the only face that i remembered and you know it was just picking up after uh you know a brief hiatus but it was like old times and uh mm. and that was one of uh, you know they sent me to Columbus three times for you know, so I spent two and a half years there but you know that uh, that season with you it was, it was good seeing you you know it's nice to see a friendly face when you that was a great resort. season too by the way and I remember yeah. one little incident uh, uh -oh. remember GI <laughs> all right yes exactly well the you one, got... the, one of the <laughs> okay you go I, again you... another another ten stories about him but just the yeah. one I want to get to was uh, he'd always run around in those little Wonder Woman speedos of his right those <laughs> yeah. red white and blue speedos all the time <laughs> yeah. and he, we were hanging out and we were talking and then uh he said something about being from Montreal and you were there and like oh you're Canadian I thought you were American and G.I. just laughs shakes his hair from side to side he goes thanks <laughs> <laughs> 
I think it was you. I think it was you dragging me. You always wanted to drag me to the theater when he did when he sang um, oh, "Guns and Roses Knocking on Heaven's Door," wasn't it? And you was the most. I think it was you and you ever heard. I think it was you and Eddie just were killing yourselves. And ah, okay. ah, ah. you're like, no, you got to see it. You got to see it. Okay. It was the best. It was the absolute best. Yeah, he would go up there and do a solo. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Hey, 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 hey. And it was it was too much. I would be crying. I'd be laughing so hard. I know. I I was just having fun watching you guys actually (laughs) watch watch the show. Did you at any time meet celebrities in Club Med? Doesn't matter what resort. Did I ever meet? I mean, besides besides the besides the the Turks and Caicos ones, we already talked about the seventies ones. Did you meet? I, I mean, uh, porn stars? No, uh, no not not uh, those you know, guys. Are we, are we talking about those kind of celebrities? No, no, no uh, singers, oh, oh. athletes. Oh, oh. Um, you know, non-porn stars, <laughs> actors. Oh, okay. Um, no, in that case, not really. Okay. <laughs> All right. None come to mind. That's good. <laughs> no, not that I can think of. No. Okay. okay. Here, here, here's a weird question that happens to me all the time. And I'm sure it happens to you. Do you ever get that dream? Uh, I, I don't know how many years it's been since you've been in Club Med. Do you get that dream where you're back at Club Med and you're working and it's like you're in there a whole day and you can't escape? Does you still get those dreams that you're back at work at Club Med? I mean, I get dreams about uh, you know, things of Club Med as far as not getting out of it. No, nothing like that. But all my dreams about Club Med are pretty positive. I don't really, uh, I mean, yeah, negative things have happened, but they kind of, those memories kind of fade away and the good ones remain. So uh, when I do have dreams about Club Med, they're always positive. They're always good. Put a smile on my face. Yeah. So, okay. So you do, so you, it's like you're, you're working again, right? In Club Med, you get those dreams. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Okay. Yeah. Scuba okay. dev. No, me, man, I'm underwater. That's where a lot of my dreams are is I'm underwater and that makes me totally stoked. So what's the, um, you got any cool dive stories like like where i don't know where you saw like i don't know a whale or, or giant manta do you uh, have do you have where do i begin where okay. do you, <laughs> give me you a got, favorite you got one. a 12 pack you can drink now no, no, no. that's about a take so no 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 give me give me uh, i'll give you i'll give you one okay. um uh, uh columbus isle mm-hmm. we were uh i had i was doing a certification re- uh course and i had one dude it was a portuguese dude named luis luis is a nice guy uh but there's a lot of people on the boat and uh, I'm like, dude, instead of waiting for all these people to get off, why don't you and I just go off the bow and then we'll take the anchor line down. We were doing a site called Telephone Pole, which is about 30, 30 35 feet deep. It's a nice sandy bottom with a, a nice wall there. Very easy dive, right? Great place to go do skills and do a certification dive. So we went down there and we're going down the anchor line and I'm going first and he's right behind me. And, and I see this, this dirt just billowing up from the bottom by the anchor. I've never seen anything like this. I don't know what to make of it. Uh, so I look at him and he's looking too. And I'm like, all right, let's keep going. And so we get closer and there's more dirt, more dirt, and more dirt. And all of a sudden there's a small clearing and I see about an eight foot male hammerhead with a big old stingray in his jaws, thrashing about wildly, maybe about, shoot, uh, three meters, 15 feet in front of us or so, about nine feet in front of us, maybe. I'm like, right there. I'm like, whoa, you know, way too close for comfort. Anyway, hammerheads, because of those awkward little locations of those eyeballs, while he's thrashing, he sees Luis and I coming down that line, and he spits up the stingray, turns on us, and comes right at us. And we're both just frozen in fright, not knowing even what to do. And we just hang on the rope and we watch this, this big old hammerhead 
come right up to us and then this circle around us in a very tight, close circle. Now, while he's doing this, we're literally like not breathing or not moving. But I see this poor little stingray feebly trying to swim away with blood just squirting out everywhere. I'm like, oh, that poor thing, you know, you don't look too good. Hope I don't end up like him, right? But anyway, the shark gonna, after he sees that we're not gonna mess with him or his prey, he just goes right back, nails that stingray again, grabs it, goes down the wall, and adios, dude. So that was kind of fun. Wow. Yeah. Because you never, you know, in all the, the photos and, you know, the times I've been snorkeling or diving, I never ever saw them eating anything. So that that's uh, that's a pretty rare occurrence when you see a hammerhead at Columbus actually eating, chowing down on something, right? Yeah, that's actually pretty rare. You don't normally, that's the only time that I can recall seeing that. Well, no, I have seen sharks eating before, but it's very rare. Yeah. Now, uh, it's it's well known that uh, scuba team, you know, and Club Ed are, are quite the jokesters, the pranksters. True or false, have you ever stuck a piece of pizza in someone's BC? <laughs> I'm sure I have. I've done a lot worse than that, though. Okay. I remember, uh, remember at Turks, that was qu- quite the thing. And then the, they had those dirgens there, those black little, I call them piranha there. Oh, that's, that's right. So that's the right. instructor jumps in, not knowing he's got a piece of pizza in his BC. And then the dirgens just whoop, smell that. Yeah. Thing, and they're on them, right? Okay. They're on them you, big time, like flies on poop, yeah. man. Big time. There's tearing them up. You guys kind of initiated me good, too. I don't know if you remember this, but we had that show where the scuba team would do the part in the water where you had these kind of like cannons and you would stick them out of the sand and uh, it might have been a fire and water show and anyway like part of the show went to the beach and you guys were in the water lighting off water cannons do you remember that part absolutely yeah okay so you guys were getting on me to do a night dive because i hadn't done one or help you out and you guys were being very nice about it so and i thought wow this is great they're you know they're not calling me scuba secretary anymore they want me to (laughs) they want me to help them out so i I go it's my first time in the water at night as as soon as my fins hit the water someone (laughs) grabs my ankle takes off my belt someone inflates my bc yanks me down someone takes off my mask okay (laughs) I just, to the I, team. Yeah, yeah, I had it. No, I don't have any hands that rushed rushed at me. I felt like the bell of the ball. Okay, <laughs> but that was my first, which you're probably not supposed to do to someone in a night dive. Because, okay. But still, you know, I still remember it was a great, you know, I, when, when I got came to my senses or, you know. <laughs> Greg, we're, we're all highly trained yeah, yeah. professionals. Yeah. You were in good hands. Don't, nothing no, no. to worry about. No, no, I, I know, I know. You told me you were, you told me you were very good at mouth to mouth. But Yeah, uh, wait, wait a minute. Hello. Well, I wasn't telling you that. <laughs> Not me, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was my, uh, what happened right prior to my first night dive was that initiation, which was, uh, hey, gave me a great story to tell. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. Hey, you know, it's uh, part of the, part of the, part of the team now, man. So, so proud. Overall, um, how many, I guess, how many years overall did you spend at Clubhead? Um, let me think. I think I did uh, like five full seasons and two partial seasons. So um, three, no, three, four years. Okay, because uh, uh, I spent uh, I spent actually two years in Columbus alone, so it had to be more than that. Probably about th- four years, maybe. Now, now be honest. In your first season at Playa, were you being a goody goody, and were you logging every dive, or yeah. you never you never logged a dive? <laughs> no, man. No, All right. What do you ballpark uh, even before Club Med? Do you can you ballpark what you think? How many dives you you've had total? So I quit. Uh, I quit taking track around eight hundred or something like that, okay. and uh, then I then I really got into diving after that. Put it that way. So probably I don't know two thousand maybe roughly give or take 
All right. Okay. And uh, if and of all the seasons you've done, I use the word magical. Do you consider any of the magical? Was it Playa because it was your first one, or were they just all special in their own way? So no, they were all special in their own way. Yeah, everyone has a special place. But dude, I gotta say Columbus is my favorite, and because of the diving, the diving is absolutely spectacular. I've got so many stories I can tell. Uh, the time we went, were you with when we went to Conception Island and did that dive up there? No. When we no. All, when we all got attacked by sharks? No, 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 I was <laughs> oh, not. Oh, yeah. No. Okay, that was another fun one there. <laughs> and then our no gets lost on the way back and we all get drift, drift out at sea somewhere. It was fantastic. It should have been there. Oh, yeah. Okay, now it's, I, okay, I do recall, yeah, it's coming back. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the getting the getting lost part. Yeah, that sounds like uh, just look, sounds, just looking at. Uh, do you know where you're going? He's yeah. like not even answering us yeah. at this point. Just looking like, oh god. He pulled the Captain Ron. Don't worry, we'll just pull in somewhere. Ah! Some ass directions. He almost <laughs> did end up in Cuba, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hola. Okay. <laughs> Soy americano. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so okay, so you so you would yeah okay so so your best your favorite village for for diving was by far Columbus. Yeah, yeah, Columbus is great, man. I just I just loved it. Just always good teams, always good times. The the ambiance is always spectacular. The Islanders are fantastic. All the Bohemians yes. out there, great people, man. Had a ball with all with all those guys. I mean, they'd be hanging out with us in our rooms, drinking and just having a ball with those guys. And so, no, I do miss the Bahamas more than anything. I love San Salvador. Well, I do not miss uh, taking apart that dock every every hurricane that we oh, had there. Tell me, oh, yeah, boy. that's the one thing I do not miss. Yeah, yeah. painting tanks. Yeah. Oh God, we had to do that. <laughs> the uh, in Turks, do you remember? Uh, cowboy. Oh yeah, I, I, dude. Cow- I cowboy more than any geo. Cowboy brought two hundred tanks from St. Lucia. Him and Joy A, and we had to sand, scrape, and then paint those tanks. Oh my God, I still remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. Oh, yeah, I know. Should have sent them back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, here, cowboy. Okay. Get back, get out of here. Go back to St. Lucia. <laughs> All right, last question, sir. Uh, for someone listening to this podcast who's never been a club med, should they try it? Should they do it for six months? What do you say? Well, <clears throat> yeah, definitely should try it. I mean, is it Geo or a GM? I mean, what are you asking? Gia, a Geo. A Geo? Absolutely. Of course, man. Look, if you want to do scuba diving and, and you want to just have a lot of fun, well, the scuba diving, the scuba team is completely different now. They don't have nearly as many... Uh, 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 responsibilities as we used to have back in the day. So now it'd be more fun than ever, I'd say. But uh, the diving is great. The the post-dive parties are fantastic. The, uh, you know, the ambiance, the, the international team that you have there, just getting to know everybody, people in different uh, different sports. You can learn, you know, you do your water skiing, your, uh, your sailing, and your, all that other fun stuff. And, uh, and yeah, I would totally recommend it, man. Why wouldn't you want to do that? It's good fun. Changed my life completely. All right. There you have it from the lips of the lead singer of Alien Force, uh, Johnny Scoop. I mean, we're going to, I'm going to mix, we're going to get some t shirts done. Okay. We're going to, can you think? Can you, oh, that would, I would, dude, I would dig you, that. You still have the logo? We never actually made a logo. Oh, we're, oh, now we're going to, buddy. Now we're going to. Hey, man. <laughs> I got some ideas. Okay. Uh, well, as long as I, as long as there's a, some kind of a skull and devil horns, I'm all hey, for it. I'd expect nothing but, sir. <laughs> well, flames, maybe, too. Don't worry. Don't worry, folks. Those are coming. You can get those at johnnyscuba.com, but we'll let you know when, <laughs> when, they're, when they're out. <laughs> I want to thank you again, Johnny. It was so good talking to you after all these years, and thank you for sharing your story with us. I really appreciate it, man. Hey, thanks a lot, Greg. And just one thing I wanted to point out as well is uh, Philippe Fournier told me I'm the worst answer he's ever seen in his <laughs> life. So 
just just to, just for the dancing, the the coup de gras was. I literally was told I'm the worst ever. I, I accept that. I accept that. Well, you're number. Good one. talking with you, Greg. You're number one. <laughs> I there you am. have it, guys. That was Johnny Scuba, and we'll see you all next week. Bye.